guess what, guys? We're not doctors. No, we are not. So if you're going to be making any major medical decisions, please consult your doctor. That includes diets, surgeries, and exercise. We love you guys. And we want you to continue to be in our OSLP family forever. So be careful and consult your doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, we all need our vitamins after surgery, regardless of what you think. Yes. It's a must. Yes. So why not choose the easiest and the best tasting in the community? Seriously, it's ProCare, guys. ProCare is so delicious. I use their chewable for over a year. That's yes, how I, I know. Yes. And I love their capsules. Yes. Love them. They're yes. once a day. I take them at night. Easy peasy. And my labs are fantastic. Yeah, our labs are great. And I've actually switched to the capsules and I take those at night now. So yes. if you guys need your iron, they have them with iron and they have them iron free. They even have calcium chews. Yes, the calcium chews. Mm, perfect. They have mocktail ones, cal uh, chocolate. They have also some caramel and a cinnamon roll. They're freaking delicious. So go over to ProCareNow.com and use our code OSLP to save some money. Prepping and measuring your food post-op is a beast all in itself. But Portion Perfection has actually made it super, super simple. They have bowls, plates, and even a lunch bag called the Kitten Carry where you can have all of the system ready to go. Yeah, we love carrying that thing around with mm -hmm. us. It's so much easier to pack your lunch, your snacks, especially when you're on a road trip. That mm -hmm. thing is a lifesaver. Yes. So if you want to get these things to help your journey, just go over to portionperfection.com and use our code 15OSLPOD. And again, that's 15OSLPOD. And you can also go over to our Amazon storefront to pick out any of those that you would like to use. If you could take a quiz today about weight loss surgery, how well do you think you would score? Well, there is an app for that, and it's called Nutri Health. Yes, it has 12 modules. You watch a video, read an article, and then you get to take the quiz. If you want to be the most prepared for the journey that lies ahead, go over to NutriHealth.com and put our Sleeve Life podcast as your provider. We all know how difficult post-op life can be. Yeah, it's pretty freaking hard, guys. Yes. And so a way to make it a little bit easier is by joining the Tribe Membership Program. It has been created by a registered dietitian. She's actually the sleeve dietitian on Instagram. Her name is Jamie. And she's created this whole membership program just to support us. Yeah, like we've one, we've had her on the podcast. We love her to freaking death. And then two, like she has full experts in their field that help you. And they've had bariatric surgery, almost every one of them. Yes. And the diet, the sleep dietitian is freaking smart because she has almost a support group every single day, guys. Yes. You're going to get an email. It's going to tell you which ones are for today. And you can just sign up and hang out with people that are just like you. And I've even used the journal prompts. I'm into journaling and that was way helpful to just go somewhere that can help you and just get your mind going. Yes. So if you need this kind of support, which a lot of us do, mm -hmm. go to her website and use our code OSLP at checkout to get your discount. Welcome back, OSLP family. Yeah. Welcome, welcome. I think you were louder on that one than me. I don't like it. Well, don't be sick then. Or uh, whatever not, you're doing over there. I don't know there. what's going on with me. I don't know. You are listening to our Sleeve Life podcast, and this is Kelly. This is Maha. And you guys know we need to discuss our Patreon because if you are not a part of it, you must be. I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> there must be something wrong with you for not wanting to go over to patreon.com forward slash OSLP and sign up for our Benchy tier because that is the best tier out of all of them, I think. We love that one because literally it's a support group for the community. Yes, so it, it is. Me and Kelly are in the group all day long. Yes. It's on Facebook and we know what you're going to say because Kelly thinks it too. Facebook, Facebook groups suck. They just suck. <laughs> they suck a big fat one because... There, it's full of negativity it is. and it is. bad information, mm -hmm. and it's just very freaking draining. It's scary over there. I don't like being in them. I've actually removed myself from a I lot have of them. Mm -hmm. 
because they are so draining. Uh, this Facebook group is not like that no, because no. that's been that experience. And so we created this one to have a positive. Yes. Spin. Yeah. And everybody like tells like their life, what's going on, the ups and downs, like the struggles and the wins. And like they've been helping me through a lot of the stuff that I've been going through with my husband you and, know? Me. and yeah. with Kelly and the regain stuff. So like yeah. they've they've really helped us. So go over there, hang out with us. And you mm-hmm. also get all your episodes early. Yeah. And if you do the $10 tier, you get the videos early and you get your own. That's what she said, Corner. Yes. Yeah. Wow. You covered a lot in that. I did. Um, also, <laughs> while you were on on your phone or on your computer, go over to YouTube. Put in the click the search bar. Put our sleeve life podcast in it. That's then right. you need to click the little bell and hit subscribe so that you get to see videos like this. And then you would see what I just did, which was reach for a tissue. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. Um, so go and do that right now. It means more to us than it does to you. But really we does. really do appreciate it. Yeah, because videos drop every Tuesday. So yeah. you get to see our faces. And then sometimes, like right now, when we have a guest on, you get to see them before anybody else gets to hear them. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So. so we are very, very, very excited yeah. to have Amanda, the portion perfection creator. Yeah. How cool is that? Back on the show. We're going to talk about all things meal structure. Yeah. So welcome back on, Amanda. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you. Yay. And thank you for reaching back out and getting back on here because that and your idea for this episode, I'm I'm really interested. So Mm -hmm. I just had my very first dietitian appointment uh, because I recently hired a dietitian to help me work on my mindset and my food and all of that good stuff because, you know, regain. And uh, (laughs) so I'm excited to talk about this because it's right in the like where I'm at right now. Yeah. So where would you like to begin? Well, I guess, um, I guess we should think about what are the things to think about in terms of, um, what an eating sort of day should look like. What are the things to factor in? And I, I think when you're a dietitian, there's certain things that go through our mind, Mm -hmm. um, that, uh, what comes together in that final meal plan. Okay. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So the first thing about that is the regularity of how often to eat. Mm. And what's your uh, what's your take on that? Oh, God, we've been told so many different things. Well, in my mind, I feel like <laughs> breakfast, which breakfast never happens for me. I try. The thought is always there. I just never have it. But the thought is breakfast, snack. Small snack, lunch, small snack, dinner, sometimes dessert. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's actually ideal. And there's a, there's a number of things that go towards that. You know, the evidence is that you maintain your muscle mass better when there's some amino acids being the breakdown products of, um, of protein in your bloodstream over the day, because we have to have them in our bloodstream all the time. And so if they don't come in our mouth, we break down our muscle to put them in there because our muscle is like a piece of protein Mm -hmm. and it can do exactly the same thing. So, so that's really the first thing. Um, And I think it's really common that if you've got a slow metabolism, that you're not hungry in the morning. I Mm. see that all the time. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want (laughs) breakfast coming near me. What is up with that? Because my mom actually has to take stuff for like her thyroid and like metabolism stuff. And yeah, she hates eating in the morning, too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I don't have the solution for it, but I think the best solution is to plan to have a breakfast, whether it's something small, something that just gets something into your system, because when you don't eat breakfast, it's then easier and easier not to eat breakfast Mm -hmm. because your body hasn't need, you know, you haven't been having anything. It's not in the routine of producing any digestive enzymes. It hasn't needed any insulin at that point. But if you, if you create a routine Mm -hmm. and you routinely have something at a particular time every morning, then your body's ready for it. And it kind of, it does get your metabolism going. It kind of wakes up your digestive system. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. so is there like a time where like from when you wake up, 
to when you should start eating? That's a good question. Thank you. Yeah. So it's probably within, you know, two hours, hour and a half, two hours of getting up. Okay. Uh, if, you, if you want your metabolism to start start moving. Um, there's also evidence that by eating regularly throughout the day that you experience less cravings. Mm-hmm. And I see that regularly for people who don't eat in the morning, that the afternoon then is when they might experience sometimes of being out of control. Okay. And so I think I think having had bariatric surgery, it's really important that we space the food out. Mm-hmm. It means we can get the best nutritional intake because we've got more opportunities to eat and we can do it in small quantities, which doesn't stretch your stomach pouch because once you've done that and you've desensitized that um, that stretch receptor mechanism of the vagus nerve that goes to your brain and says, I'm satisfied, once we desensitize that, it takes a bit to 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 calm down the um the the hunger messages from having that small quantity. Okay. We need you to feel satisfied on the small quantity for as long as possible. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. So so we are saying you can stretch your pouch. And we are saying that we can make it to where we're going to be hungry more because of that. Correct. Okay. And so the question may be, well, if I've done that, is there, you know, can I shrink it again? Right. And the answer to that is probably not. Okay. okay. But, but you can calm down the messages of hunger that you get by reverting to eat, eating that smaller amount. So same as before you had surgery, mm-hmm. um, if you if you reduce your food intake, the first few days are a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. and then you can get kind of into the groove of it and you feel okay. Okay. So that, that still occurs after bariatric okay. surgery. Yeah, because I know there's quite a bit of um, back and forth on the stretching the stomach. Some yeah. people say you can, some people say you can't. So it's always a, a toss-up mm-hmm. on who we're talking well, about yeah well there's um you know you can have um uh, i think a ct physogram which shows the size of the pouch and we absolutely know that some pouches get bigger over time and that's mm. why some people might be re-sleeved or might get a a ring or something and the i okay. guess the value of the ring is it stops you getting that expansion okay um, okay okay that makes that's where the re- revision comes in yeah for that aspect and- When we're doing the meals, are we saying every three hours? Because we hear that get thrown around a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I would say about every two and a half hours, you know, which, which gives you space for breakfast, morning tea, lunch, afternoon tea, dinner, supper. They fall right on kind of ideal times. If we're at about the two and a half, maybe to three hours in between. Okay. Okay. All right. Not too bad. So it's about five meals in a day. Five to six. Yeah. So I, like I like six because mm. it's another opportunity to get some nutrition in, you know, yeah. a, a little, a little um, cheese bite or something mm-hmm. uh, late in the evening or a glass of milk or something is great for before bed. For some people though, I encourage them to cut it out or to move it earlier in the day and maybe have if they've got, if they're up really early in the morning mm. and it's a long time till lunch, it might be breakfast, two morning teas, lunch and afternoon tea and dinner and no supper. And I think for some people after dinner has been quite a dangerous time for unhealthy eating. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so it can be good to, to not go there and after dinner, go and brush your teeth, kind of send, send your body the message that it's, it's all over. We've had enough now. Okay. Oh, is that a trick we could do? Like brush your teeth? Yeah. Train your brain. Everything tastes bad after brushing your teeth. That is very accurate. Yeah. I kind of want to try it because like I'm a creature of habit. So Mm -hmm. like if it works and I'll just keep doing it. Yeah. Like, so I'm going to have to try this out. I'm a morning eater. I discovered that this morning mm. when I was doing my dietitian appointment. Uh, she asked me, how does the day, like, how do you start your day? What do you eat during the day? What does it look yeah, like? How does it unfold? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, it just depends on the day. Like, because our schedule is always different. And then uh, we were talking about it. She's like, well, what do you do in the morning? I'm like, that's when my sweet tooth, like, 
most people have it at night. Yeah. For me, it's like I wake up and I want something sweet. And mm. she also said that uh, a lot of people with ADHD tend to crave more sweets in the morning no, just like in general oh you in cra- general you crave more sweets versus okay. somebody that's not adhd huh yeah okay that's interesting and I, I was reading something on the weekend about how many people are being diagnosed with adult adhd it's mm-hmm. it's wild yeah i i i'm currently in the process of getting diagnosed um and a, a lot of things I'll be like, oh, that makes a lot of <laughs> sense on why I do that. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, it was it's kind of interesting because I'm the opposite. So I'm wondering if maybe I have my coffee, brush my teeth and then just or oh, maybe morning. breakfast, brush my teeth. Breakfast is just hard for me. And I don't know why it's the easiest breakfast or like easiest thing to make. It's like, what is your breakfast? I don't have a breakfast <laughs> like, but more normally it's like we have eight eggs bikes. and well, yeah, but I mean, that's like four hours after I've gotten up. Oh yeah. Cause I get about yeah, it for me. It's two hours. Yeah. You're within the time frame. <laughs> I, am. I am not. Yeah. So, uh, so if we're only looking for something that's around 200 calories, you know, some people find just a liquid breakfast is, is fine enough. And okay. you know, and a milk-based coffee is quite reasonable. It's giving you some protein. Okay. You can even add extra protein to it. That, that's quite reasonable as a breakfast. Okay, because oh, I generally yeah. have my coffee. I brew my coffee, put a scoop of Bobby in it, which is collagen protein. And then I do the Fairlife milk to kind of like mix it up. Mm-hmm. And so I am getting protein first thing in the morning. So that's good. I even heard mm-hmm. some people do like coffee and they'll put like a, like butter in it. Like it's like uh, it's a keto thing, I think. Yeah. Right. Or, or they'll drop MCT oil in it because that's really good for you. I don't mind that, but I'm not putting butter in my coffee. Yeah. That's that's insanity. That is pure <laughs> insanity. If you it just do doesn't that, feel right. Does yeah. It? If you do that at home, like step away from the butter. You step don't, away you from don't, the butter. You don't need the butter in your coffee. Just step away. <laughs> Let's get back it's to normal. It's just a cream. Here. It's no different really no, than a creamer if you think about very it. Very different. It is very different. It is oily and it is that is nasty. Do not put that <laughs> in your coffee. Like that is there is a huge issue if you're putting that shit in oh, your coffee. You're hilarious. No. You're hilarious. Keep it's, doing it, people. I no, think it's hilarious. Don't do it. <laughs> Step away from the butter. Okay. Okay. Back, Back. to Amanda and yes. his meal structure. So, so apart from those cravings that um, can be controlled by eating regularly throughout the day, mm-hmm. and you know that's something we could talk about another time. The the things that contribute to appetite and which things you have some control over, and you know which things you don't. Yeah. Um, but apart from controlling cravings, it can control mood. Um, yes. Because mood is influenced by what you're eating oh. and by your brain's serotonin levels. Wait, wait can and you say that a little louder for the back? Because I don't <laughs> think everybody heard that correctly. <laughs> legit, that, guys. Would you put that your, your mood That your mood is affected by what you eat yes. uh-huh. um, and how frequently you eat. Mm-hmm. And um, so whenever you eat something, your your body releases um, some uh, some insulin if there's any carbohydrate in there. Mm-hmm. Insulin causes a shift of where the amino acids are. So the amino acids were those building blocks or breakdown products of mm-hmm. protein. And they cause a shift out of your bloodstream into your muscle cells temporarily, and then they slide back out. Oh. But... It affects all of them except one, and that one is tryptophan, and tryptophan is the building block of serotonin. So that's why carbohydrates tend to make you feel good and calm and relaxed for the moment. Ah, comfort food. Yes. I get it. Exactly. It does work. The problem is when you get that level of serotonin artificially high from um, from sugar, then it's going to turn around and it's going to come back down. And as it's falling, 
that's what feels really uncomfortable. That makes you a little irritable, a little cranky and gives you cravings to get that back up. So they all play together. Yeah. Yes, they do. Okay. So what we want is we do want some carbohydrate. Mm -hmm. We want um, small amounts of carbohydrate associated with some protein. We want it to be low glycemic index, which means less white flour, less sugar. Okay. More whole grain foods. Okay. So like quinoa and brown rice, that's going to be a better option than like a white rice and pasta. Much better. Pasta actually has a fairly low glycemic index in all forms. Rice generally has a very high glycemic index. Yeah. Yeah. Strangely. Something to do with Mm. the the gelatinous kind of... um, nature of of the pasta that oh. just gives it a, a slower breakdown so yeah. you can have pasta then mm-hmm. yeah but i'd always only rec- encourage it in that little bit so um yeah on the know, plate on the on the bariatric plate mm-hmm. uh so what i've recommended there is that half the plate be your protein mm. and the other half mainly be low starch vegetables but if you're going to incorporate some um concentrated carbohydrate that it just be a very small amount which is like one dessert spoonful of pasta so if it was pasta spirals it's probably three or four spirals I don't feel like that's all you really need, though. As a bariatric patient, I think you'll be fine with that. Yeah, especially if you're pairing it with something like, like the hearty like protein or something and... or steak. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Yeah, because I used your plate last night, and I was good, very, good. I was very sad at myself though because I did do like I did my steak. I actually have photos of it, so I'll show you guys later. Good job. But I did the steak in the part where it needs to be, and I had broccoli in my veggies, and then I put my jasmine rice. And I have two questions: one is jasmine rice white rice. Yes. And jasmine rice actually has, it actually gets in faster than sugar, strangely. Um, you wouldn't expect anything to to get in faster than sugar, but um, so the glycemic index is that rating of how quickly your body absorbs the carbohydrate. So digests and absorbs the carbohydrate, how quickly your blood sugar rises. So everything's related to sugar and sugar is given a glycemic index of 100. So everything else compares to that. So um, like a whole grain bread, for example, might be about 40. So much lower than sugar. But um, jasmine rice is 102 or something like that. So it's actually faster than sugar. So (laughs) So basmati rice. I need to get rid of my jasmine rice. Let's switch it out for a brown rice or quinoa. I hate brown rice. Like hate it? Yeah, like so bad. Then you don't get rice. <sighs> Except for like well, I like the texture. What else can so I So if you were to use a white rice, and it's only a little bit you've got there, but if you're just using a white rice, use basmati rice, which is more an Indian style rice oh. rather than the Asian style. Okay. I can totally do that. Okay. I just love the texture of rice. I've noticed. Yeah, right. Like that's me and pasta. I so. like the texture. I like the way that pasta makes me feel. It makes me feel all like yeah. warm and cozy and like comfort foodish. Mm-hmm. Um, it just goes to show how different, like that we don't know all of the information. Yeah, there's so much information out there. Like <laughs> it's just crazy that even Two and a half years later of us recording this podcast, we're just now finding out that Jasmine Rice is not okay. (laughs) So so that's why I've tried to factor this knowledge into equipment Mm -hmm. so that it's easy to follow the instructions and get it right or, you know, just put things where they belong, Mm -hmm. pack your lunch the way, you know, the way I've suggested and a whole lot of these things that maybe you're not aware of mm-hmm. are falling into place right. without your recognition. Yeah, because yeah. I noticed that, like, I probably eat, like, four of those little sections that you had for rice. So we're going to have to reel that back. Dude, okay. that section is tiny. I know. Okay. Well, oh, that's I, like I four know. spoons full is what I typically do. <laughs> Don't you give me that look. I'm not giving you any look. 
I'm looking at. But I have realized it I'm because looking at your tattoos because I so have the portion plate at home, and so I I use it, and I was like, oh crappy, yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna talk to Amanda about that tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's also like when I'm packing using the kit and carry, I also realize how much I go over mm-hmm. in like my snack areas, and I'm like. I mean, yes, I end up throwing most of it out because I don't ever like if I pack like a Ziploc bag, I'm never finishing that Ziploc bag. Mm-mm. I'm always throwing some portion of it out. But then I'm saving money in the long run because then I'm only eating what's in the little yep. the little jars. Mm-hmm. So I like those little jars. I do, too. Exactly. You've got less waste. It's also helping your brain to recognize that right quantity. Yes. Whereas if you're eating from something larger, it's easier to overeat mm-hmm. and you're not you're not showing yourself how much to eat because it, you're always seeing a larger quantity. Yes. Yes. You never know what portion you should be having. Like when we go out to dinners, like, I mean, I never finished my plate no. ever since surgery, but, no, but still there's sometimes we look and we're like, how? Like, but then you think back and I'm like, I used to eat mm-hmm. this, all of this plus appetizers, plus, plus dessert. Yeah. Plus like if they have bread or whatever on the table, mm-hmm. how like no wonder I needed surgery. Yeah. It's just incredible. Like how big these portion sizes yeah. are. And yeah. then, and then they tell us that we should know better that we should know how to portion out everything and be smart. And that's why we're lazy. Cause we don't know how to do these things. It's like, bro, you give it to me on a plate. bro. And very even, unfair. It's not yes, fair. It and then it's they want to discriminate against us because we're fat like yeah vicious I, that's cycle. why i like the plate because it takes the guesswork out of it mm-hmm. that's why i like the kitten carry because it takes the guesswork out so of it much easier. you literally just take what you like to eat mm-hmm. and put it in the little sections <laughs> yeah. and you're done yep there's no like there's the guesswork is taken completely out yeah. of it it makes my head not hurt so thank you amanda yes. for doing that. <laughs> yes thank you're you welcome. yes <laughs> So, so back on track, regularity, the other, the other Mm. benefits of eating really regularly through the day is that you get better cholesterol control as well and better blood sugar control because you're putting less in at a time. So there's less for your body to deal with and it can do it a whole lot better. Got it. Well, that makes sense. I like it. And why do we want to keep our cholesterol under control and blood sugar? Oh, right. So keeping your blood sugar under control um, is for the benefit of uh, the health of your pancreas and protecting you from diabetes in the long run. Okay. It also helps with that mood control because Mm -hmm. that insulin has that effect on your serotonin. Um, And as far as your cholesterol goes, that's for heart disease. You know, one of the biggest killers uh, and we, by spacing it out, your body has a better chance of just dealing with the the saturated fat that you're eating at that time, okay. dealing with it effectively. Often when you put too much in in one go, your body can't deal with it all at once. Same with calories. When you put it all in at once, your body can only use as much as it uses when you eat a small amount. So it keeps a little bit of it circulating, ready to be used for energy, and the rest gets stored as body fat. So the more you eat in one go, the more is going to body fat because if you space it out, you can burn a bit and keep a bit uh, just traveling around in your bloodstream waiting to be used at each eating opportunity. So that makes more sense of like why small, several small Small meals meals throughout the day make more sense Mm -hmm. because, yeah. Well, and if you like want to flip it a little bit, like it makes sense. Can me or you or Amanda are able to handle a lot of stuff all at once. No, we have to spread it apart. Of course she has to be logical about this. (laughs) But you do. Like, it's just like with anything, whether you have to do a a goal or a speech or prepare for everything, if you try to do it all at once, your brain hurts and then you start messing up shit. But if you do it slowly and methodically, it comes out very nice. Well, and this explains a lot to me because I have gained a good amount of weight back and we're work. I'm working on getting rid of it, but it makes sense on why I gained the way I did because I don't eat during, I don't eat breakfast 
Most of the time I don't even eat lunch. So then I'm shoving everything into dinner and and a snack after dinner. Mm -hmm. And so my body is storing it as fat instead of me spreading it throughout the day. Yeah, Yeah. using it as energy throughout the day. That makes complete sense. Yeah. Okay. Great. So the next thing to think about is how much you're eating. And Mm -hmm. so having had the surgery, the ideal amount that that surgery is designed for is around a cup full of food. Mm -hmm. So I do tell often people often will ask, well, I'm only on half a cup. That must be better. But Mm -hmm. in fact, what I end up seeing when people are eating less than a cup is that they end up eating more often or they start grazing because your body still has the drive to eat and to get enough in. But if, if we go, you know, if you're only having uh, half a cup breakfast, lunch, then by, by the evening, your body's like, wow, give Mm -hmm. me something. Yeah. It wants substance. Yeah. Yeah. And really grazing it is what binge eating looks like after bariatric surgery and it is a drive it's it's not just a choice mm-hmm. it's your body driving you so it's it's a it's like a compulsion so you can reduce the pressure or the drive of that compulsion by getting more food earlier in the day okay i feel like i'm being personally attacked. i knew you're going to say that i knew it. attacked <laughs> It's okay. With facts. It's okay. I can take, yeah, it's, it's, te- I'm being attacked by facts. Yes. And, and I really don't like them right now, but and it's okay. I can survive this. I will quote my aunt. She says that if you have a personal feeling about something about facts, then maybe you should look more at yourself. I am. Thank you, Melanie Roselyn. <laughs> hey, my aunt said it. I was just quoting her. Save that for after the show. <laughs> I love it. I love um, it. So, the drive, because that's what I feel. It's I feel that compulsion at the yeah. end of the day to eat anything and everything because mm. my I'm not getting my I'm not giving my body what it needs. Correct. So my other question is that cup of food. Is that right after surgery? Like, or is that like the whole time? Like even no, now, that- three three years out. It's really from about six months onward. Okay. So before that, people would be on less than a cup, but we would work our way up to about a cup full by six months. And then that's where we want to stay. And I would say never eat more than a cup full of food ever again, whilst ever you want to be satisfied on a cup full of food. Oh, Oh, shoot. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. I need to go back to cups. We need to. Yep reel ourselves in because Mm -hmm. this is a very eye-opening conversation i did not realize a cup man and it is so difficult because every portion size is too big it's Mm -hmm. too big even without surgery Mm -hmm. and we're really influenced by the amount of food that's in front of us we've really got a limited ability to stop the food in front of us getting in our mouths Mm -hmm. that's how we are as as humans yeah um so you know, obviously the solution for everyone is not that everybody has bariatric surgery or everybody takes medication or anything. We really need to change the environment, but it's probably not going to change in our, our lifetimes. Mm -hmm. Not hopefully we can lay the footwork for the next one. Yeah. I I feel like we are. I feel like all of us are. Cause yeah, like there's wearing more awareness now. Than yeah. there actually yeah. has ever been. So yeah. that's interesting. I'm still on the cup full of food. <laughs> that that just shocks me. That shocks me. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not eating a cup full of food. I mean, even like yes. way more than that. Yeah. yeah. A cup in general, like if like if you're thinking about a cup, it always seems more than what it actually is. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's actually not too bad. Like the the bariatric plate, when you fill just the base of it, it two uh, three quarters of an inch deep in the middle. That okay. is one cup, but it still looks like a reasonable meal. Oh yeah, yeah. it does. Okay, okay. Because right. I was like, I was Man. very worried for a second. I was like, holy hell, how am I going to get all that food in a cup? Right, but I could have fit down. I could have fit the steak and the broccoli and the rice because it was a spoonful of rice. Could totally oh, fit that in rice. a cup. 
Yeah. yeah. Your, your plate is one cup and the Barry prepper in the kit and carry is yes. one cup. Mm-hmm. It is so one it is. cup. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like that. So we can just container. build our meals in that thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. I've, I have already done in the little, the berry prep container. I like putting the chicken salad in one side and then cutting up the bell peppers, the sweet bell peppers mm-hmm. and putting them on the other side. And then I eat that. Yeah. So, Sounds perfect. Oh, it, it's, it's actually really good. Really good. And if you put the, uh, everything but bagel seasoning in it on the chicken, it's really good. I was impressed. Yeah, I was. I was very impressed. And my uh, bonus children, they (laughs) they loved it. And they're like, I was not I was prepared for them to hate it because most of my cooking things they don't like. So (laughs) you did follow a recipe this time. I did follow a recipe and I put no salt in it. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Oh, very good. Yeah. (laughs) The other thing to be careful of (laughs) is um is liquids, you know, in terms of um, thinking about how much we're eating. Some people don't think about what they drink as a meal, but often it is a meal. Uh So um, anything that contains calories, so milk-based coffee, a small one would be a snack. That one that you've got there is more like a meal. This guy? <laughs> if that was if that was based on milk. Yes. That is a tea, hot tea. So that's okay. at least good. So we're we're both got our 16, hot tea right? going on. 16 ounces? Yeah, that's yeah. about 16. Yeah. Um oh, yeah, I drink tea all day. So I like love a tea. venti Starbucks probably not. Would be a whole meal. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anything okay. that's calorie containing. Um typically in about an eight ounce glass, there's about a hundred calories. So that would be okay. something milk-based, something juice-based, uh, or, I'm you gonna, know, anything sugary or anything like that. I'm going to look it up because I'm interested of what, you would what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've been telling my kid, cause like he's been, he drives now he's 16 and oh. he's been going to Dutch brothers. And I was like, we don't drink our calories. So please yes, stop going because his girlfriend loves um, Dutch bros. And I get it. It's good. But like, I actually had to tell her like, hey, like hey, Dylan can't have this. <laughs> like, He is built like me. And when we do those things, it stores almost immediately. So like yeah. we can't be doing this. So mine is 150 calories. That's not bad. It's okay. not. It's not horrible. Yeah. But I can count that as like a snack. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So ideally a snack's about a hundred calories. So okay. you're, you're just a bit above that. Okay. Um, it's, so I would say ideally a meal is about, um, 200 to 250 calories. Okay. And a snack is about 100 calories. Okay. Uh, good to know. Okay. If I get a grande, it's 110 calories. Get a grande. You never really finish oh. your drinks anyway. I knew you were going to say that. Cause you don't. I feel judged. Well, don't, you'll save money and you'll save, I don't know, your tummy. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So that makes a lot of sense. Hundred, hundred calorie snacks. That's mm-hmm. why when you're like in this grocery store, everything has like hundred calorie snacks mm-hmm. everywhere. Yep. Um, it's perfect. Okay. And it's perfect. That's what I think is a perfect snack size, whether or not you've had bariatric surgery. So the meals are smaller with bariatric surgery. Mm -hmm. Um, but the snacks are about the same as what Mm -hmm. I'd be recommending for either. Okay. So can I ask you a question about nuts? Sure. What are the best nuts to have as a snack? I would say any nuts are good. They've all got good fats. They've all got some good nutrients in there, some fat-soluble vitamins, a little bit of fiber. The right size serve would be something like 14 almonds or 14 cashew nuts. Okay. Um, So it's like the little container on your snacker. The smallest one is for nuts. Oh, Oh, perfect. That's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. That will give you a 100-calorie serve. So effectively it's like two tablespoons or something like that. But, you know, it's really like a a tablespoon is a metric measuring spoon. Whereas often we think of a tablespoon as just a really big um, kind of eating spoon. And so we have it heaped. And uh, Mm. so it's a, it's a little less exact, but, but the little, little section on the snacker or 14 
almonds. You can kind of picture that. It doesn't take mm-hmm. up too much of your hand. I think 14 is quite a bit. It is. Yeah. Because I like to do like cashews, cheese and salami together because it all works together. Mm-hmm. Like it's got the creaminess of the cheese, the saltiness of the salami and a little bit of like greasiness. And then the nuts have the salt. Yeah. That provolone salami thing we got from Costco. Yeah. Everybody loved them. Oh, okay. So we need to go back to So we to need Costco. to get more because okay. I was pairing those two things with my cashews. Nice. Yeah. And I could actually tell the difference. I was feeling full longer. I was like, oh, I'm good for like a couple more hours. Like it's not even yeah. a thing. Like I feel you- like string cheese doesn't give you enough by itself. Like I feel <laughs> like the packs of meat and cheese actually go they longer. Do. They do. Yeah. Than a string cheese. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they should. There's some meat in it. Meat. Meat. Okay. <laughs> So the thing to be careful of there is you're combining three different calorie dense things. Oh, true. So you still want the combination. If it's a meal, uh-huh. then um, you know we'd be looking at maybe the equivalent of um, hmm, maybe ten grams of cheese, which is like half a slice. Um, maybe half the serve of nuts, so about seven almonds, and then maybe it's two thin slices of salami. That might make a meal. It's still too big for a snack. Okay. So the snack, if it's one or the other, would be one slice of cheese is about the 100 calories. 14 almonds is about the 100 calories on its own. Okay. And uh, the salami, we're probably talking about... um, about three thin slices. Okay. And that's still really filling okay. too. I'm going to, so, I want to look it so up. So you want a third of each of those if you want to combine them to be a snack. Okay. Yeah. Cause like it can add up really fast, especially yeah. with like yeah. the denser stuff, because we do have to eat more of like the high protein stuff, but also like more, I guess like I call them little fatties because of the like, like peanut butter and nuts. And stuff like that. Yeah. Because it is higher in fat. Too. It, it, it is higher in fat. Uh, that's I mean, I got called out for the high cholesterol on that one because mm-hmm. that's all I was eating was cheese. And yeah, her cholesterol and went up. Her doctor was like, wait a minute. Yeah. She was like, um, time to drop it back down. That's not what you need to be eating. Um, Whatever. Costco. Costco's being stupid. So. But yeah, it's, I think it's good to, I think it's eye opening to hear what include, like what is a snack yeah, versus what is a meal? Because I think sometimes when the lines get very blurred, Mm -hmm. because as a bariatric patient, you're already eating small amounts. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to be like, well, here's my small meal. And then here's my even like tiny snack. So, or sometimes they look the same size. Or they look the same size. So it's confusing. Yeah, it can yeah. get very confusing. That's why I think the uh, kit and carry is so helpful because it tells you exactly what your snacks should mm-hmm. measure out to be. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so we've talked about how regularly to eat. We've talked about the quantity. Mm-hmm. We know that the protein is important. Um, and to put a figure on that, I know that in... In pounds, I would say that the um, or grams of protein per um, pound ideal body weight. Okay. Um, that in the US, you would say that the usual recommendation would be 0.36 of a gram per uh, pound ideal body weight. So that would be top of the ideal weight range. Okay. That's kind of pre-surgery. Once you're once you've had surgery and we're trying to limit muscle loss, we increase the protein need. And as dietitians, we haven't quite decided what that ideal protein amount is, but I can say that I use 0.5 of a gram per pound ideal body weight, um, which in my language is 1.1 grams per kilogram ideal body weight. Um, And I do body composition testing on my clients all the time. So I can tell that they're managing to maintain their muscle mass on that. So I think that's quite adequate, but you will find higher recommendations. Um, So in general, that probably works out to be somewhere between uh, probably more like 70 to 90 grams of Mm -hmm. protein uh, per day 
in the first year after surgery. And then once you're not losing weight so rapidly, um, you can afford to drop it to uh, a little bit less than that. So it might be 60 to 80 grams kind of once you're beyond that. Okay. Once you're beyond the one year. Yes. Yeah. And then what do you mean by ideal body weight? So is that like, um, if I'm technically with my height, in my, my ideal body weight would be this. Like, I think it's like 145 or something. That's stupid. I know. Yeah. So, so for that calculation, we, we use what is a BMI of 25. Oh. Now I would need to do a few conversions to figure out how you do that in America using pounds rather than using kilograms. Okay. Um, but you will find BMI calculators. Yes. Um, yes. So... Yeah, I could probably send on to you if you want to put in the notes okay. how to actually work that out. Yeah, of course. No, that would be really good. I think because I, I know that there's a way to do it. You just Google because that's well, where I always go. I know, but I'm thinking it might be Berry-tastic. Mm, that app. Yeah, because I use Berry-tastic and that it calculates your BMI based on all the information you put in. Okay. Um, so I have mine the most accurate. Come on. Update, update. Um, I'm pretty sure I worked it out. I worked out the calculation in pounds for the US version of Portion Perfection for Bariatrics, the book. Yes. So I can send that on to you. Yeah. Very nice. Perfect. Very nice. So, okay. So now we've gotten, now we're up to this point and of our routine. Is there anything left that we should be doing? Yeah. So you, I guess we've already talked a bit about the nutrient density in yes. terms of um, that that serving size, that the calorie densings, the things that are higher in fat, the portion size is smaller of. Um, so you want to pad that out so that you still get your stretch receptors kind of um, triggered at okay. mealtimes, but by that low starch vegetable component. So that's important. Okay. Um, I think the variety is important because even with, um, for example, fruit, different components within the fruit group have different benefits. Okay. So bananas are high in potassium, but are not particularly high in vitamin C, whereas other fruits are very high in vitamin C like berries. So by having different types of fruit over the week, um, you get the benefits of the whole group. There's okay. also benefits to the different colors. Different colors. Yeah. yeah. Well, it makes your plate more fun too. It, it does. does, but the colors are also a bit of a clue to some of the, what we call the phytonutrients. And the phytonutrients aren't technically vitamins, which means we don't get a deficiency disease if we don't get these phytonutrients, but they enhance our health. So they protect us from diabetes and heart disease. Oh, okay. Okay. What fruits would... Yeah, tell us the colors and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're in all fruits, but there's different ones in the different colors. Oh, okay. So like green grapes versus purple grapes. Correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. Interesting. Uh, What about vegetables? Do they have the same benefits color wise? Correct. Correct. So those orange vegetables compared to the green vegetables. Okay. Dark green versus light green. Okay. All right. What would be some of the best fruits and vegetables to have? I really just think getting a variety. In general, we'd say... Um, there's real benefit after bariatric surgery in those low starch vegetables. So that's everything except the potatoes, sweet potato, pumpkin, peas, corn, and maybe the high fat ones being the avocado and the olives. So um, all those other ones like your broccoli, cauliflower, carrots, beans, zucchini, cabbage, all of those sorts Mm -hmm. of um, vegetables, uh, are really good for giving you those nutrients okay. and giving you some volume without giving you too many calories. Oh, well, that's okay. nice. I yeah. was, I've heard that like we should have more like 
greens like dark green versus the other types of veggies is there is definitely a benefit to all types but um if we looked at broccoli for example um there's a a substance in broccoli called sulforaphane which helps us helps our liver to detoxify against chemical exposure so um for example in your liver uh, when you're when you breathe in cigarette smoke, for example, okay. um, there's a two-step process that your liver goes through to turn that cigarette smoke into nothing, you know, to detoxify okay. it. Okay. But the first step of the process actually turns it into something more dangerous. And then the second step turns it into nothing. So okay. for some people, they've got really good levels of that first enzyme and poor levels of the second one. So they would be the people who might get cancer from secondhand smoke. Oh. Whereas people who have good levels of that second enzyme are very good at detoxifying cigarette smoke. Um, the substance in broccoli helps your body produce that second enzyme. So Ah. very good for detoxification, very good for cancer protection for that reason. Oh, wow. Yeah. I heard something about, um, the broccoli sprouts are like super good for you. Really? Yeah. So that's because of the sulforaphane. Nice. Yeah. I actually bought, I need to find, oh, it's probably gone now, but like I bought a little kit so I could have my little broccoli sprouts in my window. Cause I was right. like, cause people have been like, just, just throw it on top of stuff. Like just have a little bit every couple days. Like oh. you don't have to have a lot of it, but it does wonders for yourself. So I'm like, huh. I love broccoli. I love almost I everything. Love broccoli. broccoli. Yeah. yeah. Broccoli is like my go-to mm-hmm. and which I don't, again, I don't understand why I don't pair it with more meals because I love freaking broccoli. Well, I thought of you yesterday because of that, because I saw the frozen bag in the fridge and I was like, I'm just going to do this because like we, we have it. Why are we not using it? That's a win. I know. That is a huge win. So that's why I had broccoli and my steak and my, uh, way too much rice. Great. You can actually, um, improve the amount of sulforaphane you get from whole broccoli by either eating it raw or chopping it up for a little and leaving it sit for a while before you actually cook it. What does that do? So the sulforaphane is created when two of the substances uh, combine and the way they get to combine is that the broccoli is cut so or it's crunched. You know, you, you chew it, those two, the cells are broken, those two substances can combine to form the sulforaphane. Um, but if you, if you cook it, those substances are denatured and you don't create the sulforaphane. But if you chop it up first, Mm -hmm. then you are breaking those, um, those cells. It does form and it's heat stable apparently. Oh, okay, good. Okay, so what, <laughs> what about if you buy like a frozen, because I like the frozen bags of vegetables because I throw it in the microwave, five minutes, it's done. So what about yeah. with that? So it's been flash frozen, obviously. Yeah, so the freezing shouldn't make any difference to the sulforaphane. The okay. chopping will have made a difference. Okay. So likely you'll get more sulforaphane potentially from that because it's been chopped before it was frozen oh. and so some of the sulforaphane has has been created that interesting perfect i love nice. it yeah. and wanted to figure this out so this i'm not going to be able to say that word just so, nope okay, so that's going to help sulforaphane. sulforaphane so that helps with the second enzyme in your liver is there anything we can eat to help us with the first enzyme most of us generally have a pretty good first enzyme. Okay. But that second enzyme is the is the risky one because we're creating something more dangerous than we were actually exposed to in the first place. Yeah, because okay. that's what that first mm-hmm. thing does. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Okay. All right. So let's talk. So we talked about the low glycemic, low glycemic carbs. Mm-hmm. Yes. We talked about the nutrient-dense vegetables Mm -hmm. or fruit Mm -hmm. so as far as protein what's the best protein to have on your plate 
probably a natural protein is going to be the best. So that's going to be your meat or your legumes or eggs or nuts or dairy, anything that's got some naturally occurring protein. Um, Then when it comes to supplementation, and I do think it's a good idea to supplement protein because it takes the pressure off every piece of food on your plate having to be high in protein. Um, Because when you're trying to get 75 grams of protein. That's a lot when you're only eating a cupful at a time. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So by using a supplementary protein, you kind of take the pressure off. It means you could have a piece of fruit for afternoon tea, um, which has almost no protein in there um, because you've had something else. So whey protein is the the best quality protein to be your added protein. Collagen, not as good but collagen lower in calories um, and can be more easily mixed into things. Um, so I do, I do like a, a tasteless collagen protein. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's why we go with Obvi because theirs tastes freaking amazing. Yeah. I use a, their cinnamon cereal. So it tastes yeah. like life cereal. In your, so yeah. Good. And I put the, um, it's the Entenmann chocolate chip cookies in my coffee because it gives you right. that like sweet, kind mm-hmm. of taste that you want. It's like a light one. It's not yeah, over it, about no, pairing. No, mm-hmm. not at all. And that's why I like it in my coffee because I'm starting. I didn't realize how I was starting my day with protein, but it was, I mean, it's good to know that that can be a supplementation yeah, it helps. for the protein throughout yeah. the day. So, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So the last few things to think about is just the consistency. Um, so doing the same thing regularly you, you need to have a plan that is doable, that is enjoyable, yeah. that you will follow through with. Um, and you need to set yourself up for success so that you make it easy for yourself. And that might involve some planning, knowing in advance what you're going to have or meal prepping or packing your lunch bag ready to go. Having a bit of a uh, an autopilot or a bit of forethought mm-hmm. because it really helps when your mind is on other things to know, oh, what I usually have for lunch is this. Okay. So that is fine that I do that. And I will have sometimes the same thing for a long time. Yeah, it is. It's definitely good to get variety, but a fallback I think is perfect. Okay. You know, and particularly if it's a good fallback. Okay. Yeah. Cause I drank a protein shake every morning for two years ever, like from, from surgery date till two years after. And I would just get made fun of all the time. And I'm just like, it's fine. Leave me alone. I'm drinking my protein shake. Yeah, it does not affect like, anybody else. Stop but you. caring. Like, yeah. come on now. I mean, but even now we fall back on a, our, there's these chicken nuggets, but they're called just bear. Mm-hmm. And they've got huh? like very, very light coating. They taste like, I don't know if you guys have Chick-fil-A, but Chick-fil-A is delicious. Uh, they no, taste like. Yes. Okay. So those they're really, really good and they're low in calorie and it's something that we enjoy eating and it's got high protein in it because yeah. it's just like chicken chunks, chunks. Yep. which I hate that word, but whatever. Um, so we'll have that like pretty much every day yeah. for lunch if we're together. She'll make it and then we'll just both eat out of the same bowl. So, yeah, I mean, we got to get that protein in. Yeah. So. Great fallback. Nice and easy. You've chosen something that that is convenient. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it just goes in the air fryer nine minutes and it's done. So it's very mm-hmm. it's easy, high protein and it's actual like solid food. It is. That's yeah. actually what I had for lunch. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I did. Not Perfect. <laughs> so I guess if we were to summarize what this what to eat and how much looks like. Yeah. It means you're eating regularly throughout the day. You're you're making healthy choices most of the time. You know, maybe you're having a smoothie or cereal or eggs or something along those lines at breakfast. There's Uh also some high protein breads now, which make it easier to just have peanut butter on, on toast. Yeah. Um, you know, lunch is ideally something with some vegetables, maybe like a protein and salad. Um, dinner might be your meat and vegetables. You've got your snacks in between that might be nuts or might be yogurt or might be um, a boiled egg, might be um, a protein drink, uh, might be a slice of cheese, a variety of healthy things to have for morning tea or morning snack, afternoon snack, supper. Okay. Um 
you've thought about your protein, you, you've, you're in a bit of a, um, a, a system or a, a routine, that's what will help carry you through. Okay. Well, and I know, like we both know from experience, the like routine is best. Yeah. And when we're on point, yeah. we feel so much better. We do. Like, yeah. and when I used to have like do the full meal prep in the first couple of years, cause I'm seven years out. So like things have definitely changed yes. over these years. Yes. And what I just remember feeling the best. I had the most energy, the brain fog was gone mm-hmm. and I felt like I could conquer almost anything. Yep. And it was such a, like a wild feeling. Like I really liked that feeling. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that when I'm not consuming too much sugar. Yeah. When I consume too much sugar, I feel kind of foggy, mm-hmm. um, very like almost, it's almost like a depressed state because I'm just like, Eh, I don't really feel like doing anything. I'm just kind of like there. Yeah. But when I like when I think back to like right after surgery, when like almost all sugar was cut out, I would just go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. And I felt so much better. The brain fog was gone. I felt stronger and more and on point. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely I definitely agree with that. Yeah, it's amazing the power that sugar has over us. Yes. Yes. Mm. I have really. I'm really starting to go down a rabbit hole of why sugar, like I've been doing research mm-hmm. of why sugar is so bad for you. And it's intense, especially for me. Like I have autoimmune diseases yep. and it's not good for autoimmune diseases. Nope. It actually feeds mm-hmm. the autoimmune mm-hmm. and then it makes me 10 times worse, which explains why I was like basically bedridden before, because all I was consuming was basically sugar. And you're yeah. And it was literally just like preventing you yeah. from doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know, I think you've got some really good things um, kind of in place now. And it's a matter of making them your routine and keeping the consistency and setting up your environment to support the consistency. Yes. Thank you so much for like breaking it down for us. Like you basically like broke down the plate, which is so much. Hmm. It's it made me feel like, okay, we can all do this. This is not hard to do. We got to stop overthinking it. Definitely overthink. We overthink so much. Yes. And if we can just stop in our, in our own way, because I feel like sometimes we're just like halting ourselves. Yeah. If we can just get over that then, and just do the things. Yeah. I mean, we always feel better. We always do. We always do. So (laughs) thank you so much, Amanda, for breaking all that down for us. Yeah. Like, giving us all the information. So now we feel informed. Hopefully our followers and listeners Mm -hmm. can feel more informed about what to put on your plate, how to build a plate after surgery. And just in general. Yeah. Because there are some really good info. That's, that's some really good info in there. I don't know if that made sense. Do you want to tell everybody where they can get um, the things that we've been talking about? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I think you've got some links. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. To do. Portion Perfection, either on Amazon or our website. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Facebook at Portion Perfection. Um, I think for anyone who's confused about what to eat, the Portion Perfection for Bariatrics book spells it out in pictures. So it's it showing you, you know, a smoothie and this is what would you'd put in there. Or if you're having cereal, this much and this much. So... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, that's one thing I really like about the book is that it mm-hmm. does break it down in a very easy to understand way. Yeah, it really, really does. Mm-hmm. And we'll be showing you guys this stuff because I have the book at my house. It's, yeah, Mel took it. So I'll be showing you some updates, guys, when this, especially around the time of this airs, because like it is so much easier, guys. It really, it is. really is. And that plate is a lifesaver. There is a bowl also that mm-hmm. I use for breaking, like doing my salads and stuff. Yeah. To measure out how much I'm putting in of each thing. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, they're very sturdy. They're micro or that you can put it in the microwave. You can put them in the dishwasher. Like, yeah. And my kid started using them. He's like, um, can I use your, your plate? And I was like, yeah, I don't care. Do it, man. Yeah. Like, you're going to learn I mean, they from know it. Now that it's our plate. Mm-hmm, so do. <laughs> it's really funny because we, that I'm like, no, this is my plate. This is mine. Back off. Well, because I do use your bowl for my the chicken nuggets that she's talking about. Yeah. So like every time I'm like, this is ours. 
Yes, this we are to going to table. share this. <laughs> well, you Boys. can see one cup, so you know yeah. that you are getting one cup, that it's not such a little amount. It's exactly. okay. It just sounds little. It does, mm-hmm. but it's not. But I think it's hard after, like, especially for us, like, binge eaters or food, have food addict addiction personalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, we've always tried to diet in the past. And yep. so one cup seems like such a small amount, but we forget that we have had our stomachs altered at this point. Yes. Like, yes. it's not yes. a small so it's amount. It's actually the right amount. It's not a reduction. It's the right amount. Cur- I like the way you said that. Ooh. It's not a reduction. It's the right amount. The right amount. And thinking about it. So like one cup is eight ounces. And when we first got a surgery, some of us can only have one ounce or two ounces. Yeah. I was at like half an ounce yeah. right after surgery. So like eight ounces actually is that, a lot for our tummy. Bit, yeah. So we break it down even further. Like guys, we're getting way more than we did in the very beginning. So eight times. All right. <laughs> I like it. I didn't think about that, Yeah, but that makes a lot more sense. Alrighty guys. Well, we have everything linked below. You yes. guys know that because we love Porsche Perfection. Yes. They are sponsoring the podcast as well. And we want to thank you so much for doing that for us, yes. Amanda. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. So check out below. Check out our Amazon storefront. We've got all the information on mm-hmm. all the different products there. That's right. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to Amanda on the uh, Facebook uh page or you can reach out to us and we can find the answer out for you we are always here to help you that's right um and while you're looking at links and everything don't forget to go to our sleevelifepodcast.com sign up for our newsletter there is a free ebook there is a comes with that yeah so check out all the things (laughs) look at all the things amanda thank you so much for being with us again my absolute pleasure great to see you thank you thank you all right we love you guys and we will see you Next time. Bye. Hey, listeners, if you've enjoyed your time with us, please rate, review, and subscribe on any platform that you get your podcasts. Also, check us out on patreon.com forward slash OSLP for exclusive content with your favorite girls ever. Yeah. And also, check out our YouTube page. Subscribe, hit that little bell so you get notified when our new videos drop a week after they are released. Yeah, and we would like to give a big thank you to Anne-Marie Cruz for our logos, Eric Vaughn with 17 Street Studios because he provides our music and our recording space. Thanks for listening to Our Sleeve Live podcast where we are breaking that stigma one episode at a time.